If one of the hardest things to figure out these days is what to watch next, first of all, congrats. Second of all, you should check out HBO Max. Discover something new to watch on HBO Max like Lovecraft Country, the new HBO series from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams that's got everyone buzzing. Plus, HBO Max is the only place you'll find new binge-worthy Max originals like Selena Gomez's new cooking show. You heard that right. Selena Gomez's Learning to Cook, from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Let's talk about your cell phone carrier. When you think about your plan, does what you're getting feel fair? When it comes to staying connected, don't settle. When you switch to U.S. Cellular, not only do you upgrade to fair, you're also joining a reliable network you can trust to have your back. No hidden requirements, no activation fees. Now that's fair. Learn more at uscellular.com. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who prays every day at the church of my Twitter timeline, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair, I'm very excited to have Sam Harris, the host of the podcast Making Sense. He's also a neuroscientist and author of several books, including The End of Faith, the Moral Landscape, and Waking Up, A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion. He's also quite controversial online for a lot of reasons, which we will talk about. Harris has spent much of his career talking about the links he sees between religion and terrorism, most specifically focusing on Islam. It is no more mysterious behavior than you and I going to Starbucks because one of us said, hey, would you like to get a cup of coffee? And the other said, yes, right? It's completely rational behavior given the requisite beliefs. He says he has enemies online who have unfairly painted him as a racist by taking his quotes out of context. If I said on this podcast, black people are apes, white people are apes, we're all apes, racism doesn't make any sense, right? There are people with blue check marks on Twitter who would create a meme that says, black people are apes, Sam Harris, and spread that to the ends of the earth. We'll also talk about why Harris rejects the idea of identity politics, what social media companies should do about the toxicity of some users, and why he doesn't feel as strongly about violence and white supremacy as he does about violent jihadism. Sam, welcome to Rico Deco. Thank you. Happy Thank to be you. here. So we have so much to talk about, and people really clamored for us to have one because, as you said, they want us to have collisions, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get into the issues, but I think we come at many very fraught issues from a different angle. Absolutely, and at, at, we do. We do. Considerable so, consequences. So let's just so, dive in. Yeah. So just give us a quick background of your how you got to do the books and how you got to where you are, for those who don't know you. Yeah, well, I was so I was doing a PhD in neuroscience when 9-11 happened, mm -hmm. and, and I came to my PhD. I, I came to neuroscience very much with philosophical interests in the nature of human consciousness and, and frankly, spiritual experience and you know, religious experience generally. So I, I was not—I um, was someone who had, who had spent—and I, I came late. I did my Ph.D. late. I took t essentially 10 years off mm -hmm. in my 20s. I spent a lot of time on meditation retreats and, in some sense, recapitulating the 60s for myself you know, uh -huh. in, in the 80s. Okay. And, uh, you know, so I did, I did psychedelics, and I, you know, I gave myself an esoteric education, but then finally went back— to school because I realized, you know, if, I, if you want to write nonfiction, originally I was going to write a novel mm -hmm. um, where it doesn't matter if you've dropped out of school. What but, was your novel about? 
Uh, oh, I wrote a few novellas, that, and none of which I, I could stand they're behind. Once I finished, they're, they're buried. They're, they're, they're mercifully interred <laughs> on some hard drive called? that I've, I no longer called? own. One was Letters to God. Mm-hmm. One was The Assassin. Uh, one was uh, so these wow. are, but these are. Uh, did you take an existentialism class in college or something uh, and just set well, you off? No, I was actually I was an English major the first time around, mm-hmm. and then, and I, I mean I, you know, I just I grew up wanting to be a writer. You mm-hmm. know, I, so I love books very early, and but then my philosophical interest kicked in around really around eighteen when I first. I mean, with, with my first psychedelic trip, I realized that there was more to the mind than mm-hmm. I had suspected. So you're and, way ahead of the curve of these dot-com well, people now. Yeah, I was. so I was behind, you know, obviously behind the 60s, but it was around 87 that, you know, so I was 19, turning 20. Um, I did an MDMA trip, which I write about in my book, Waking Up, mm-hmm. which was really, you know, it was not in the context of, you know, rave culture or sure. anything, you know. Uh, comparatively frivolous. I, I did. It was given to me as a tool of of psychological and spiritual exploration, which I, you know I think is fairly appropriate. And I took it that way, and it really just rewrote the firmware of my mind for mm-hmm. that period, and and gave me an indication that it was possible to have a very different life than I was having right. uh, or tending to have. And so then then I found meditation and Eastern philosophy, and and then you know I dropped out of uh, Stanford where I was going and. The, the fact that it was Stanford was relevant because Stanford, I think, is one of the only schools that has a, a policy where you, you never really drop out. You right. can always just show up again. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, So Tiger Woods could show up tomorrow, and even though he hasn't been there for 25 years, th- he's still in the system. So, um, And that was what so made it very easy to go back when I decided I needed to go back. And uh, then I finished in philosophy and, and would have done a Ph.D. in philosophy, but I, I you know, my interests were in the mind and in consciousness and in cognitive, higher cognitive states like belief. And I was sick of hearing philosophers sort of wait around for more of, to come mm-hmm. out of neuroscience labs uh, when the conversation turned to the topic of the mind. So, so I, I did a, a lateral move and did my PhD in neuroscience, but really always in the spirit of being a philosopher of of mind and a, and a, and a moral philosopher, mm-hmm. frankly. So With I, the I, science laced in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm interested Having in background. the intersection of our, how our growing understanding of ourselves scientifically is and should and and, and must affect our sense of, of how we should live and what is a good life mm-hmm. and what is ra- rational Let's to do. What do you mean, our, our sense of ourselves? Which is, you know, what, just, what I, I view us as... The problem of life is to figure out how to navigate in the space of all possible experience mm-hmm. toward better and better experiences, you know, both personally and collectively. So the, so the question is, you know, how can you as an individual have a better life and how can we collectively as, you know, seven billion strangers trying to, to figure out how to cooperate with one another, how can we all play more interesting, beautiful, creative games such that more human beings flourish, you mm-hmm. know, more of the time? And I've, you know, I have always felt very strongly, but, you know, more, you know, the more I learn and study, the, the more the, the, uh, I feel this way, that there are right and wrong answers to those questions. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not all made up, you know, it's not, you, you, we're not, we don't have infinite degrees of freedom to decide how, what constitutes a good life. Mm-hmm. You know, there are ways people can suffer uh, reliably and there are ways they can be made happy reliably. And most crucially, it's possible for any individual or any group of people or any whole cultures not to know what they're missing, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, the, way that, the, the way this plunges us into political questions, 
is, for instance, you know, with my first book, when people started flying planes into our buildings, right. expecting to get to paradise, I, you know, spent a lot of time criticizing organized religion and Islam right. in particular, right? right? Which is something, you know, you were in this Four Horsemen thing, which I looked a little bit last night with Chris Hitchens and others. Uh-huh. Um, I knew him a little bit. Christopher, uh, he would, yeah, he would have hated Chris, I didn't yes. know him very well. Yes. I just, he, I he's him turning in his grave right now. He was, yeah. uh, well, fine. Uh, he's dead. Uh, yes. So, okay. too bad. But Sorry. still, still turning, nonetheless. Then I'll call him Chrissy. So, he was fascinating. He was a fascinating character in Washington, but you yeah. you had started this. But what got you to write that book for the in the first place? 9-11. I was writing it on nine twelve. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was literally my, my instantaneous had, reaction. Yeah. Not something you had done. Before. No, I mean I knew it. I, it was a walk I, up I, to I, this. My, my my writer chops were already somewhat in hand because I had spent a decade writing on my own before I decided I had to go back to school. But um, and then I finished in philosophy, which is very which allowed me to write mm-hmm. what I wanted to write. But um, no, I, I was I was in my research phase of my neuroscience PhD, and mm-hmm. I was just as chance would have it. I was doing neuroimaging work on belief, mm-hmm. right? But, but religious and not. So I was, I was, um, uh, you know. So it was the the consequences of belief in the world was something that I was already thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference between believing and disbelieving a specific proposition. I mean, just you, you, it's in this case believing that paradise exists and martyrdom is a way to get there mm-hmm. you know either you believe that or you don't and insofar as you really believe it down to your toes it's totally rational to be motivated by mm-hmm. that and that's that's how we can find ourselves in the presence of psychologically healthy otherwise well-adjusted people who have other opportunities i mean mm-hmm. the, the the shibboleths of the left here are really non-functional the idea that you need to be a victim of some oppression that mm-hmm. you need to be have you know economic hardship that you know no, the the quarterback of the football team you know in Marin County can decide I want to be jihadist mm-hmm. given the requisite beliefs okay. and I, I understood that instantly on nine twelve because I had spent more than a decade thinking about thinking about these these sorts these of things relig- this religion in particular yeah spiritual life spiritual hopes religious dogmas you mm-hmm. know all of this and then I then. I, and I knew, you know, a fair amount about Islam at that point. But the fact that we were so bewildered, we're still bewildered by, I mean, it, as of a week ago, there's an, or less than a week ago, there's an article in the New York Times talking mm-hmm. about the, the how wealthy the Sri the Lankan bombers yeah, were, right? You know, and at some point in that article, they say, you know, the, the writer says, um, or maybe he was, uh, he or she was interviewing somebody, but somebody in the article said, you know, we just, how, how can we understand how somebody could do this? It's just absolutely mysterious behavior. It is It is no more mysterious behavior than you and I going to Starbucks because one of us said, hey, would you like to get a cup of coffee? And the other said, mm-hmm. yes, right? Mm-hmm. It's completely rational behavior given the requisite beliefs. And that's why it's that's why it, it's not related to economic hardship and mm-hmm. po- and political oppression in any deep way. I mean, yes, economic hardship and and political oppression are variables that we should care about in the world, absolutely, and they have negative consequences. But, you know, the, the list of people who dropped out of lives uh, that were just brimming with opportunity who mm-hmm. decided to go fight for ISIS is long and right. we have to explain that psychologically and my concern about the left and again this is this is I'm not narrowly focused on this topic there are many other topics that have this character the left is disposed to lie uh, uh, you know lie or be self-deceived about this that it's all a matter of politics it's all a matter of economics all mm-hmm. a matter of colonialism and its legacy and 
the reason why that's... I think there's a monolithic idea like that. I'm sorry. Well, well, I mean, so we can talk about it, but I've spent a lot of time in this particular trench encountering this Well, you've spent a lot of time on on Twitter, but go ahead. Well, yeah, right. But but, but Twitter, as you know, bleeds out into the real world and even into into the pages of Vox, as I've discovered to my disadvantage. We're not getting into Ezra. I didn't even know you had a fight. Sam wrote me an email saying I probably was mad at him because I I wasn't, uh, actually. But uh, I didn't even... I had no idea you even had a fight. I wasn't even paying attention. Well, I mean, we don't have to talk about Ezra, but it's it's a larger problem that, that worries me that that real liberals are vacating the space of rational conversation on certain mm-hmm. topics, race and sex and gender and wealth and power and religion and mm-hmm. I mean, immigration, huge topics that, that a lot of people care about. And into that vacuum come right-wing nutcases, opportunists and grifters and narcissists like the president of the United States, and in in, in the extreme – you know, actual Nazis and white supremacists and, mm-hmm. you know, pop- populists uh, of that flavor who we shouldn't want to empower. And we're empowering them, not just in the States, but I mean, it's even worse in Europe. But mm-hmm. this is a global problem where if there's a point that David Frum has made, which I think is right, you know, whatever you think about David's politics, um, if if liberals won't defend specific uh, ideas like, you know, like, you know, like secure borders, People will elect fascists to do the job. You know, mm-hmm. enough people care about these things that if you're going to if you're going to call everyone a racist who, who's concerned about immigration, eventually only a racist who doesn't care about his reputation anymore will sure, be elected you're, you're, to do that job. So you're framing this that everybody thinks that there's not gradations because no, we're in this no, culture there, where there are gradations. But we, I'm, I'm worried that the left is ignoring the, the left gradation. as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. As a group. There, there are many people... Are you as a group and your gang, whatever gang you particularly belong to, well, do that? I, well, so again... Th- th- it seems th- like you're th- all different a, opinions. This, yeah, this is another idea that mm-hmm. everyone is playing identity politics. And this, mm-hmm. com- this comes right out of Ezra's mouth, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's it's a sign of my white privilege that I think I'm not playing identity politics. It's only the it's only the other people who are playing identity politics. No, I think everybody's doing it. Yeah, but, I'm, yeah, but I, I would deny that. I, I mean, what's my identity? I don't know. What is your identity? I, I, I don't have. I don't have one relevant to any political conversation. All right. So, so, so when you let's get back to the book when you came out, it must have occurred to you that it would cause all kinds of controversy. I mean, it, it's you sort of no, sort of, no, no it, well, you didn't, you well, didn't because think it, that. Come it on. Did, no, no, no. I mean, it's. it's even, I know when I'm making trouble, but go ahead. Well, I, I did with my second book. With my first book, I was. I had no rational expectation that anyone would read it. Mm-hmm. It almost didn't get published wow. because it was so. It was such a an inflammatory topic mm-hmm. that, I mean, the, the experience of trying to get it published was surreal because I would send it, uh, we sent one out to maybe, it was 16 or 17 different editors. And, you know, I, I got a lot of enthusiasm from from certain editors. They would go to their publisher and the publisher would say, there's no way in hell we're publishing a, mm-hmm. a takedown of religion like this. And so I was left with a final publisher, Norton, uh, and they brought me in essentially as a, to audition, you know, to see whether I was, uh, you know, a Bible-burning nutcase or, or somebody they could work with, and half of well, you wouldn't the, be bi- oh, Bible-burning, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah well, I, okay. I, I go after Christianity right. as well, right. yeah, and half of the the publishing team wouldn't refuse to meet me because mm-hmm. they found my my proposal and, and initial chapter so offensive. Uh, so it was just by the the skin of my teeth that I got published in the first place, and mm-hmm. then I had, I mean, there was no reason to expect it was going to be a New York Times bestseller or anything that subsequently happened. Um, so, and the truth is, I never even used the word atheist in the book. I never mm-hmm. thought of myself as an atheist. Mm-hmm. I got inducted into the pantheon of atheists 
uh, and the whole this whole new atheist phenomenon happened with mm-hmm. Hitch and, and Dawkins and Dennett. Well, you but, were sitting with a group of people who talked about that rather substantively. Well, no, but I was the first, so I hadn't met those guys. Right. But, I didn't know any of those. I, mean, okay. I, I had never been to an atheist website or a conference. Mm-hmm. Or, All right. If you had asked me who was Madeline Murray O'Hare, I wouldn't have known. I mean, I literally mm-hmm. was completely uneducated about atheism. I, mm-hmm. I was just talking about what's, what seemed to me the obvious opposition between common sense and intellectual honesty and scientific rigor and all and the reams of superstitious bullshit that people believe right. in the context of organized religion. Right. And, and yet, but the one piece I had, which frankly my atheist colleagues rarely have, and then certainly the principals don't, is a an understanding that there really is a baby in the bathwater that we want to save here in of religion, which is the kinds of uh, contemplative experiences that I had been had spent a decade having through meditation and and through psychedelics and mm-hmm. and the and the connections to living a good ethical life that, that those states well, of consciousness. Well, that's your last yeah. book, the yeah. spirituality without religion book. Yeah, but, although it was in the first book as well. It, I mean, there's a chapter so there that every atheist. But when you wrote, I, again, I'm kind of pushing back on this. You understand how people get around these issues. You were not aware that this wasn't going to set off like things like a Roman well, candle. Well, I, mean, I was. I just, I just didn't know. One, I didn't know it was going to get published. Right. And it barely got published. You had that experience and then I didn't before know if it was you get published. You, you had that experience of people being offended, pre-offended, I guess. Not, well, I had no platform. I mean, right. I was, I, there was, and there was no Twitter. I mean, I was, I, I, I was not in, I, I, I was not a public person. Mm-hmm. I was a graduate student who had a certain, well, you know, I considered well-formed opinions on topics that were suddenly relevant. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I basically was AWOL from my, my PhD at that point because mm-hmm. I, you know, rather than do the research I should have been doing at that point, I was writing books and, and you know, talking about them. All so, right. Nonetheless, yeah. it came out. It did get attention, which it should did. come as no surprise to you, yes. but it did. All right. Yeah. Okay. What did you think of the reaction? I'm going to read you something, but go ahead. Uh, well, you know, it was by turns gratifying and infuriating. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the thing that is most, I mean, I, I love to debate. I, there's no, there's nothing wrong with with hard hitting criticism. I love to learn from good criticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's like I, I I love to have my mind changed. You know, the experience of having an opinion that I cherish and having it knocked down. That is a thrilling experience that, that happens all too rarely, and I think there's, you know, so changing my mind is not, not a problem. The thing I've, I've experienced from day one on these kinds of topics mm-hmm. is the, the uh, lazy and, in many cases, uh, malicious and intentional misrepresentation of my views mm-hmm. to have a defamatory effect, right? So it's like it's not about—these are not good-faith arguments. These are— I can pull this quote out of context to make you seem like you just said the opposite of what it means in mm-hmm. context, and I'm going to do that and publish that to the ends of the earth as a way of silencing you. And that is a, that's an epidemic. I mean, it's not just me. It happens to me a lot, but that's an epidemic in media now and in, mm-hmm. in social media. And it's so—and it, it happens—frankly, it happens much more on the left, where, mm-hmm. I, and again, I'm liberal on every relevant point here, but it hap- it's a, a kind of— it's a symptom of a kind of moral panic on the left around many of these issues, and it's damaging to our credibility. It's and it's it's counterproductive. So it's like when it's done to Trump. So Trump is, you know, I've spent at least thirty hours on my podcast mm-hmm. whinging about Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And when I discovered that some percentage of my audience seemed to expect that I would like Trump mm-hmm. based on my criticism of Islam, I was just uh, apoplectic and you know, spent you know a long time uh, performing an exorcism on my podcast of those people like like listen you're either going to grant this or you know that we mm-hmm. do not share a worldview 
But so there are very few people who who uh, find Trump as, as o- more odious than I do. I mean, if there are such people, I haven't met them. But much of the attack, many of the attacks on Trump are so poorly targeted mm-hmm. that he's being, you know, call, he's being called a racist for things that are not evidence of racism. Now, I have no doubt he actually is a racist, but mm-hmm. no exaggeration, half of the evidence adduced for his racism by the left is just is just just maliciously just poorly targeted. It's a lot of people in the well, no, I mean, party. There's, it's not, but yeah, it's, but most of well, so the, the rank-and-file Republicans are not spending a lot of time Criticizing him, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, the, some of them, yeah, yeah some but, of them are. It's very, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, I think but there, are, there are a lot of profiles and cowardice. Uh, I think you would agree in, mm-hmm. in the Republican Party at the yes, moment. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. I was just enjoying yeah. Lindsey Graham on them on yeah. the hearings yeah. recently. Yeah, we're here with Sam Harris, the host of the Making Sense podcast. We're going to take a quick break now, and we'll be back after this. Searching for what to stream next? HBO Max is where all of HBO meets the greatest collection of movies, shows, and Max originals for everyone in the family. Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. If you're an early adopter, you get that your devices and your connections need to be fast and help make your life better. But you might be forgetting one thing. Tech should be fair, too. Fairness isn't a new idea but it is to wireless. That's where U.S. Cellular comes in. At U.S. Cellular, people come first. And that means a fast, reliable connection with no hidden requirements and no activation fees. They'll even pay you back for unused data. When you upgrade to U.S. Cellular, you upgrade to FAIR. Learn more at uscellular.com. I want to get to the idea of silencing in a a little bit. Because I do want to talk about that. Because I do find... That particular um, argument, I guess I don't know what it is, fascinating because most of all of you that do that never shut up. Like, it's really fascinating to me. You get plenty of space. You talk all the time. We never stop hearing from you. And you, this idea that of silence, I get the overall concept, but mm-hmm. I have to say the people that complain about the most literally never stop talking. And so it's a, right. it's, and do have lots of venues to talk about it. And well, the, compl- the complaining victimization of I don't get to talk, it, it's an important topic that is minimized by that to me. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll let's look at that. We'll so, talk about that in a yeah. minute. But go ahead. Okay. So, you, so you write this, you, you, you again, the idea that you would not attract attention because of the concept. Why don't you put it put it out? The difference between Islamophobia, Islam, Muslims, especially right now, especially right. given all these different attacks right now. Well, do, just do you, what do I believe would, about would Islam? You, yes, I, I have an idea. You can you don't have to go into yeah. it in great detail, but you, I mean you do actually. But when you are careless with words. You have to understand that people will react emotionally to these yeah. things. I, I'm, I'm rarely careless with okay. words, though. Go I, ahead. I, there, there are ways of putting things that I would, I realize now, present such a a, a choice target to my enemies mm-hmm. that I, I would I write and speak more defensively now than okay. I did in, in my first right. book, certainly. Right. But um, so, so the big picture is that 
ideas matter, right? Mm-hmm. And then specific ideas matter. Mm-hmm. And, and so given that, and that is obviously true, though generally ignored, um, not all religions are the same. Mm-hmm. Right, they have different doctrines, right, and they have different, and the, and the and there are different moments in their history, right. So there are different percentages of people who believe the doctrines fundamentally or, or literally, uh, or as opposed to metaphorically, say. And so Islam has problems and and points of conflict with modernity and with secular culture and civil society and a, at a value like free speech that. Mormonism doesn't have, or the Anglican Communion doesn't have, or Scientology doesn't have today, and also a thousand years ago. I mean, the specific differences between Islam, its doctrine of jihad, its doctrines around apostasy and blasphemy and martyrdom, you can find orthodox. I mean, there's no there's no scripture that on on its face is more theocratic and a better recipe for you know totalitarianism than. Deuteronomy or Leviticus or mm-hmm. Exodus. I mean, so the you know the Old Testament is, is much of it is awful, but there are both theological and historical reasons why we 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 don't have a massive problem with Orthodox Jews living like the Taliban. Right? Mm-hmm. We have problem. I mean, I'll criticize Orthodox Judaism as much as anyone wants, but the specific consequences of specific ideas matter, and a, and a doctrine of jihad, which is not just a doctrine of inner spiritual struggle, is also a doctrine of holy war. And the whole, all the beliefs around martyrdom explain the character of Muslim violence we're seeing throughout the world. And if they had different doctrines, they would behave differently. And I'm not talking about all Muslims. I'm talking about the power of specific ideas on a subset of adherence to Islam. And how big that subset is is open for debate. It's not as small as we would like. It's not as big as as uh, uh, right-wing nutcases fear, mm-hmm. but it's big. It's big enough to be a, a, a significant consequence, such that the, for the rest of our lives, we are going to be talking about this problem. Do you acknowledge that that people would see the way you talk about it could be used by those groups? Yeah, but that. But any. Uh, I know g- it doesn't matter, but it does matter. No, like, it doesn't it, matter because I, okay. because it's anything can be taken out of context to mean anything. I mean, this is what I've discovered. I mean, th- th- this is how, this is an example that I, I, this is not a real example, but this allows me to get the point across in the shortest mm-hmm. period of time. This is how malicious the environment has become. If I said on this podcast, listen, Kara, black people are apes. Mm-hmm. White people are apes. We're all apes. Racism doesn't make any sense, right? There are people with blue check marks Mm -hmm. on Twitter, who would create a meme that says, black people are apes, Sam Harris, and Mm -hmm. spread that to the ends of the earth. There are people who re-edit audio from my podcast to make it sound like I'm saying the opposite of what I was in fact saying in context, and people like Glenn Greenwald retweet it, Mm -hmm. right? And they know, and and they never retract this. They know that that it's an error, right? They know that they're spreading misinformation. And so this is a... They believe that basically anything goes in this in this machinery of defamation that we have managed to create for ourselves, and it's not a game I play. When I'm when I get my en- enemies, and it's weird to use the word enemy in yeah, earnest. It is I, I have actual enemies, right? I have a people like you know, Glenn Greenwald is a perfect example. If I get his view wrong, if I say something that even is ten percent off, mm-hmm. I'll publicly apologize for it. I mean, I'm not I, I, I'm not you know. Uh, Playing the, the, by the same rules as as these guys, but so it's impossible to speak carefully enough 
to to immunize yourself against this kind of treatment. And so, you know, I'm just I'm just going to be honest, and I have to assume that if if people care. They're going to care what the what the actual sentences mean in mm-hmm. context. Do you wonder I, 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 this, this Sam Harris colon misunderstood? Yeah. Um, what, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. Again, that's always used against me. That now, right. now when I push back, people right. say, "Oh, yeah, I guess we're misunderstanding Sam right. again." Right. Right. But the reality is, if you're following the plot at all, uh-huh. the amount of of malicious treatment like this is just insane. Why you then? Why do you? Is it the topic? Is it? Is it? I mean, because it's the topic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. the topic that it was the topics. I mean, I've I touched many of these. Christopher topics. Hitchens being quite so misunderstood. I don't recall. Maybe it's a different time and place with Twitter and everything else, and the way we have the new way of communication. Yeah, he was not. It would have been very interesting to see him uh, live to mm-hmm. to experience life on Twitter. It. I don't recall yeah. it being controversial for sure. Well, he, well, he just was not. He he was a, a bit of a luddite. He was mm-hmm. not. Uh, he was not on social media. He died in 2011, mm-hmm. right? So before mm-hmm. all of this got going, really. And no, I mean he was he was maliciously attacked, for, and he was also a bit of a you know. I mean he he loved he loved. He felt his lot on the church too, the Catholic yeah, Church, yeah. if I no, recall. Yeah, yeah, and he you know he went after Mother Teresa famously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the difference between Hitch and I on this point was that he loved the. The game of debate just as theater, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And I've never really been interested in that. I mean, we're just mm-hmm. different in that regard. And I am always struggling to have, even if it's a formal debate, even mm-hmm. if it's been set up as a, as a formal debate, honestly, I'm trying to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, I know there are certain circumstances where there's no expectation that the participants are going to have their minds changed on the stage, mm-hmm. and it really is theater, and it's about changing the minds of the audience. But, you know, I, I'm not using debating tricks to to win rhetorically in front of an audience, I actually want to get down to what's true. And if someone can show me that I'm wrong in real time in front of an audience, I consider that a win for me and for, mm-hmm. for the conversation, right? Like that, that would be great. You know, be, it, it would be absolutely great if at some point in this conversation, you found something wrong in a, in, in a, in a position that I've taken for the last decade and, mm-hmm. you know, published books on. And it's like, you know, in every conversation, I aspire to be the person who will not be wrong any long for any, for a moment longer than mm-hmm. he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I don't like because so, I view it as a it's a strange psychological quirk that people don't seem to recognize. Like when you like if if you and I were having a debate about mm-hmm. some topic, and you're right and I'm wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And and our audience can tell. Right? You're making better points. I'm making worse points. You've got you know more data. I've got less, um, and for me to dig in mm-hmm. and just not give ground, that's on some levels tantamount to stupidity, right? Like I'm not seeing, I'm not following your argument. Well, I'm not following your argument as well as the audience is, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it is actually not a face-saving maneuver. And yet people feel like there's a loss of face to admit that they're wrong or to mm-hmm. have their have their views changed. And I, I've just, I haven't felt that. Like, I, I know that, like, if I'm wrong, the house is on fire, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, want to, I want to get out of that house as quickly as possible, especially on topics of, of real social consequence. I mean, Not just uh, social consequence, but there's high emotional quotients. There's, there's yeah. all kinds of things. I, the only part I don't get is why you don't understand why you would get this kind of thing. You don't oh, seem well, to. No, no well, I don't understand. I don't understand. The, I understand the emotion. Mm-hmm. I understand the fear mm-hmm. of... of that some of these topics, yeah, so I mean, to take Islam that we were just talking mm-hmm. about, like, so I understand that if you're, criticize, if you're criticizing Islam more than other religions, right. 
some people would do that out of their own bigotry and xenophobia. Right. right? And so that therefore my motive could be mistaken for, for bigotry and xenophobia. But if you followed my work, if you followed the kinds of alliances I've formed, if you, if you followed my efforts to, to prop up reformist Muslims and ex-Muslims, and it just, I mean, it, it, it's clear that the color of people's skin or their country of origin has nothing to do with my energy here, that I'm talking about ideas and their consequences. And if I'm going to make an invidious comparison between Islam and Hinduism, say, or Islam and Buddhism, you know, just do the math. It's obvious that that, that I'm not concerned with skin color. I mean, you know, 1.2 billion Hindus in India are not white like me, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like race is not the is not my concern, and yet people will double and triple down on you are a racist for focusing on Islam. Islam isn't even a race, right? You know, I could convert to Islam right now. Mm-hmm. It's a set of ideas. And, you know, and so these are just, there's, there's so much confusion, both moral and, and conceptual around this issue. And yes, it's being amplified by people being emotionally hijacked. I mean, people just, on the, you know, again, on the left here, I mean, the right has its own problems. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not a, a fan of the right, but the pathology on the left is that when when these topics trigger this emotional response, whether it's around you know uh, sex, gender, wealth, power, I mean, all of the, all of these topics, but here we're talking about a group that's perceived to be an embattled minority, mm-hmm. right? You know, Muslims, um, which you know on the world stage they're not not a minority. I mean, they're they're you know we're talking about 1.7 billion people, but we're we're, we're talking about people that who. Uh, historically have several well-founded grievances against the West and, you know, the history, history of colonialism and, and recent misadventures in, you know, countries like Iraq, say. Um, so it's easy to see how people are getting confused. But this natural confusion and natural moral concern and, and, and uh, frankly, the one of the— and With the backdrop of what things Trump says around— Oh, yeah, the, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but this, it, it, all it, this predates it, Trump, you, though. You don't but, live yeah. in this pristine bubble. No, no, but— the thing is, the the confusion of the left is being cynically gamed by people who are who are actually th- none too closeted theocrats, you know, is, uh, genuine Islamists who are who are not committed to f- our our values at all. I mean, they want to you know value like free speech, say, or equality between men and women, and they will use the moral scruples and political scruples of the left against itself. So as to say, promote the hijab as a sign of female empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. So, like the women's march gets co-opted by people who, you know, one of whom is wearing a hijab, who actually is a theocratic bully, you know, not even behind closed doors. In 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 any context where she, she, just the identity politics game gets played by, in this case, theocrats against the le- against everyone. But I mean, the left doesn't even know that they're useful idiots here. And when that's pointed out, you get you get a very negative reaction. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I mean, one of one of the things that I'm getting a lot of pain for now is my opposition to identity politics. I think mm-hmm. that this idea that the end game for civilization is that we all get more and more identified with our subgroup, and then we have this, you know, war of grievances, right? Or you know, or this, this grievance Olymp- Olympics where you have you know, uh, you know, wh- who what trumps what? You know, you're mm-hmm. you're black, but you're also a lesbian, but you're and you're not very tall. I mean, wh- what variable can you stack on on mm-hmm. uh, on the others? So as to be absolutely beyond reproach in 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 espousing your political opinions, I think that if we are actually anywhere near moral and intellectual and therefore ultimately political bedrock, 
our views about what, how we should do, how we should live, and what we should do have to float free of identity. It's like it can't be, it can't be true because I'm a white guy. Mm-hmm. It can't be true because you're gay. It has would to you, be. Would, uh, although I have to say, what, what, it's it's not identity politics to understand why people come to things because of things that have happened to them. Yeah, right? but then, but then, then that, those people have to get over those things so, so as to, so as to no, have a rational conversation. For those who have felt somewhat unsafe, I, I think a lot, for example, we'll talk about this later about technology. I think some of the mm-hmm. designs are made by people who never felt unsafe and never occurred to them different things. That, that They never occurred to them to change the way they're thinking. And so what you're asking of a lot of people who have put up with a lot of stuff to say, well, let it go, let yeah. it go. They yeah. don't want to let it go. Okay, well... That's it, not identity. It's that, that, well, there's a time and place for everything. And, and so I wouldn't say let it go. I wouldn't have said it to African-Americans, let it go in 1965, mm-hmm. right? So it's like there, there, was, there was a moment for a, a civil rights movement that, you know, was identity politics by some other name, right? But it's, it's, it was absolutely a moral necessity to react against this legacy of white mm-hmm. oppression of black people. That's not a debatable point, but... It is debatable whether uh, black identity politics, as prosecuted by a group like, you know, or a movement like Black Lives Matter now is uh, counterproductive or not. And again, it's, these things are always counterproductive now when their critiques are not guided by reality, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to talk, if we're going to talk about police violence against uh, innocent civilians, black or white, we have to be accurate about what's actually happening in the world. Mm-hmm. We can't. We can't lie about the statistics. We can't. We just have to. We have to ha- honestly engage with the data. Uh, and you know, fifteen cell phone videos uh, is not the data, right? That that's what is being used to p- spark a kind of moral panic ar- around this. So whatever the data are, you know, how many, who got killed, and when, and why, right? We should want to understand that, and then be motivated by whatever whatever the facts are. These these political movements again that I'm you know I'm referring to as identity politics are not showing a willingness to be constrained by facts. There's just there's a there there are people who are activists who are pretending to be journalists, but they don't really have a journalistic bone in their bodies. They they just they have they know what the answer has to be, and they will bend and ignore and ultimately even lie to get the ball into the end zone there. And so that's when you when you touch topics like this in the spirit of, well, let's just look at what the facts are. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of pain from people who who think, even thinking about facts in this space makes you a cold-hearted, you know, privileged And this uh, comes asshole. as a shock to you. Well, it, no, it's it's just it's so toxic that it's 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 dysfunctional. It's politically dysfunctional. Well, it also leaves sh- out who it. decides when's enough, who decides you know, I get, I get, I, I get your point. I think the journalist thing is some journalists. I don't think that's true of many, 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 many journalists. And the, but that's a typical trope. It's like, oh, journalists are all trying to game the system. They're not. They're just not. Well, it's I, not all. It's not. But the, not the, most. But it, it, it's well, it's it's many. It's more in some places than in others. It's also it, this takes us back to social media and just the internet. Mm-hmm. It's. It, we have a lot of good, otherwise good people who are being moved. <laughs> These by, good people's afraid which we can't use anymore. But go ahead, yeah, move but, along. No, but people who are well intentioned, but who are being moved by bad incentives, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so the, the the business model, you know, the clickbait business model of, you know, you just we, we need to amplify the outrage here so as to get more eyeballs on our web page. 
that is harming journalism across the board. I mean, it's harming the New York Times. The fact mm-hmm. that, you know, even the New York Times needed a hot take on the Covington High School thing that they had to walk back because they just had to be part of, uh, you know, the That was the, the minor. Click. I'm well, sorry, no, no. I read, I, speaking of facts, that was not a hot take. They well, it, have, well, they were was, wrong. I mean, it was, it was like your hot take that you well, walked back. I, and I walked it back. Yeah. But that's I, different. I, I don't praised, cover I pra- Covington. I praised you for walking it back. Thank you. The, 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 what they did was not even slightly what I did. They weren't even close to no, I, no, I was no, completely stupid. That was Yeah, no. That, theirs was They not. weren't quite as stupid. But no, no, they but weren't the, even close. Well, they, No, but they had to. I was they, stupider they had, than the New York Times. Yes. Well, all I'm saying is that everyone, if you're getting paid based on clicks, right, that is an incentive. That's one kind of incentive, and it's incentivizing. Uh, it's, it's not incentivizing uh, taking a lot of time to write a nuanced, not outrage-provoking take. I would on, say they were the least of all of them. I well, honestly, no, no, I no, read no. them all. I oh no, them. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I would put the right. New York Times as the least defender. I mean, right. I, I read right. the New York Times, all. but even so, at all. So, but yeah. l- let me get in this. One of the things that I, I uh, this is a quote from. I think this is a. a Guardian piece that I liked. I thought it was relatively fair. Um, but it's when he strays from definitions, uh, strict definitions to general assertions that he gets into trouble and that has led to accusations of Islamophobia, in this case, Islamophobia. Right. He rejects the term, drawing a distinction between attacking Islam, a set of codified beliefs, and demonizing Muslims, the enormous and varied group of people. Yeah. Would you say that's accurate? I, I do make that distinction. He, I, I don't think the author, I, I, again, I don't think I've read that piece, but mm-hmm. I don't think the author is, is granting me that distinction. But yeah, I think Islamophobia, Islamophobia is an invented word. It is, it, it, its intention is propagandistic. It's, it, it's in, it was invented for the purpose of conflating criticism of the faith, a set of ideas, with bigotry against Muslims as people. That mm-hmm. was the purpose. I mean, that, that is a neologism, right? Crafted for that purpose. And it is being used to great effect in that vein. So that now even, again, the New York Times, New York, nobody's using this word with scare quotes anymore. They just, it's, it's just like anti-Semitism's a thing, Islamophobia's a thing, let's talk about these grave evils. Islamophobia is a confusing term, right? Islam is a set of ideas, right? And the question is, which of, are there any ideas within Islam that are sufficiently animating to people that we should be we should care about them and, and, and criticize them. Um, and I think it's rather obvious that there are. Uh, there's nothing about doing that that entails being bigoted against people from the Middle East or their culture. The, you see the bright line of how that happens. I mean, oh, yeah, do you no, no, worry that, that's, about that's being— cynically, but the fact that, 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 that it's possible to be confused about that is being cynically amplified by, by, by theocrats who don't want mm-hmm. their religion criticized. That's the thing. That's the thing. You're gonna if you're gonna criticize a hijab, you are a racist. The reality is is that most women the world over who are wearing the veil of whatever sort. I mean, the hijab is the least of it. But you think of the burqa and the and the niqab, are not doing it out of choice. They didn't, they're not. These are not Barnard girls who decided to 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 take on this affectation because it was it was cool. No, these are people who, if they try to get out of the cloth bag that their father made them wear and now their husband make, is making them wear, they risk being killed even by their own families, right? I mean, we're talking about the starkest oppression of women, of women anywhere on earth at this moment. And if feminism is going to get, if women are going to get feminism right, they, have, they can't lose the plot about that. I mean, there, there are girls who are getting battery acid thrown in their face for the I, crime I of learning to I know, read, least, right? I understand. So, but, but Western feminists reliably get tongue-tied 
on that point. They they don't they, they think wait a minute I, I I can't be a racist can't be an Islamophobe, but I like women and girls because I'm a feminist. What do I do here? This is this can't you well, can't balance this equation. It's much more complex than that. It's not some of the it's women a, are wearing it. Not some of the women are virtual. Okay, but in in, in Afghanistan, it is the simplest possible thing. It's like Afghanistan. The veil in Afghanistan I, I, is like I, I get your like point, but you're, you're trying to make in, a in larger Africa. sense of an incredibly complex topic. And do you worry about being hijacked by the people you are trying you are trying no. to not help? Which well, you well, were no, because, about. I, because if we talk about white supremacy, I can mm-hmm. I can make all the noises you want to make about white supremacy, you can and make I whatever do whatever noise you want. Yeah, I mean, so Sam. I mean, I think you know, identity politics. I think is ultimately unethical and unproductive. The, the, the worst form of identity politics, I mean, the least defensible form of identity politics is white identity politics. You know, white male identity politics is the stupidest identity politics because, yeah, again, these these traditionally have been the most privileged people with the greatest opportunities, yes. speaking generally, right? Not, not every white guy, obviously, but... Um, so if ever there were a, an identity politics, that's, they should be the first to disavow or the first to see the stupidity of, of arguing from identity. Now, that's not to ignore all of the white people in the United States who are having a very hard time. And that's a, that's a reality that we have to be able to interact with. You know, the, the opioid crisis is largely a white phenomenon, you know. Mm-hmm. But what I'm arguing for here is that we have to – the, the the goal is pretty obvious. We have to get absolutely bored with skin color and with these with these superficial characteristics that don't mean or shouldn't mean oh, anything. Come on, Sam. Yeah, you you you, you don't, I well, don't think a, we're ever going to get bored with that. Okay, so you. I mean, I, I'm. Just, I don't know. Bored would be the I, word I'd use I, in any. I think form. Martin Luther King was right. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. like you want to, we we want to be focused on the content of a person's character. Certainly, ultimately. that would be nice. Yes. We could we could get there very very quickly. Mm-hmm. We could and so it's, it's that loss. It's the opportunity cost of not getting there that I f- feel like I feel fairly palpably okay, every we're, day. We're going to talk about how we get there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened. The recent attacks, the two the two different attacks, Sri Lanka and in New Zealand. How did mm-hmm. you look at those? Well, you know, they're, obviously they're both awful. Uh, so. If you're just going to talk about the loss of life, that mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you know, there's um, there's an equivalence there. I mean, you know, forget about the differences in numbers, but they're different in that the Christchurch attack was an expression of an ideology that. Well, I mean, so, I mean here, here's the more generic case here. There are acts of violence which superficially can look the same, but they're very, very different. Right, so take you know, take a school shooting or you know a, a shooting like you know the Christchurch shooting. There there are examples of of atrocities like that that are committed just by a crazy person who snaps. Right, it's not an expression of ideology at all. Right, then there are cases where a person's got a he's also psychologically unhealthy. I mean, there's not a psychologically normal person who also has a belief system. That's a story they're telling themselves that justifies this atrocity. That's a different case, right? It's not. I mean, it's, it's like it's like Adam Lanza going in, into Newtown. That was just psychopath. There's no ideology. It was just psychopathology. There are cases where you have mentally unwell people who are also uh, who believing nonsense, and that's motivating nonsense, and they and they do something horrible. The cases that worry me the most are the cases where. You have an ideology that's so powerful and captivating 
that totally normal people without real terrestrial grievances can be inducted into it and do the unthinkable because of simply what they believe, right? So the difference I would I would draw between Christchurch, you know, a white supremacist atrocity, and uh, what just happened in Sri Lanka or any uh, any you know jihadist attack you could name, the difference there is that white supremacy is it's, it's an it's an ideology, you know, I'll grant you, it's not. Uh, it doesn't link up with so many good things in a person's life that it is attracting psychologically normal, non-beleaguered people into its fold. Now, there may be, it may become that uh, on some level. It doesn't have all the elements of a true religion. I mean, there are ways in which it's entangled with with Mm -hmm. certain forms of Christianity. Uh, Again, there's not a a cult, a death cult of martyrdom forming there. It's conceivable that one could form there. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not ruling out the white supremacists for, you know, causing a lot of havoc in the world. But in reality, white supremacy and certainly murderous white supremacy is the fringe of the fringe in our society and any society. It's not a... um, and if you're going to link it up with Christianity, it is the fringe of the fringe of Christianity, right? It's not like so. It's like if you're going to go, to, if you're going to meet, if you're going to debate a fundamentalist Christian, as I occasionally do, if I were to say, well, yeah, but what about white supremacy and you know all the, he's not going to know what you're talking. It's like it's not part of the pro, It's not part of their doctrine in, mm-hmm. in a in meaningful way. Um, you cannot remotely say any of those things about jihadism and Islam. Okay, jihadism is way more uh, mainstream and and support for it. Not So there's, there's jihadism. There are people who actually are going to blow, them, blow themselves up in a, in a certain context or, or kill a lot of people uh, thinking they're going to get into paradise for it. And then there's the culture of acceptance around that. There are Islamists. There are, are conservatives who, while they're not becoming jihadists themselves— they will certainly endorse doctrines that makes makes this all look like a, a kind of rational enterprise. All right, right? I don't want to boil things down, but yeah. so the white supremacists are they just crazy? Well, no, I, I would. If, these are beliefs. Well, these are yeah, yeah, strong no, beliefs that they're using yeah, internet yeah. tools to but reinforce and to yeah. But most, I would say, uh, my prediction is that most of these, you know, most what again, I. I we'll see how many atrocities we get in this vein. But if you if you find if if it's you were to find list. You're to find me the 20 worst white supremacist, you know, Christian identitarian atrocities. And we did a, a, a an analysis of the, the shooters or the bombers. I would predict that the vast majority of these people would, would obviously be unwell psychologically, mm-hmm. right? Just because the, the, the beliefs are not that captivating. They're not systematized. There's not the promise of paradise isn't there. Um and well, the replacement theory. There's all kinds of no, things but there's that just, are beliefs. Uh, it's just the, it, these are these are there's a kind of crack pottery to the whole thing and conspiracy thinking to the whole thing. And the Jews are controlling everything. You know, it's it's, it's like these are people who are doubting the moon landing. I mean, it's, so it's, it has that, to be officially it's, it's, a, a religion, a, not to be a belief. Well, the, well, there's a symptomology to the people who believe in, entirely fringe things. Um, whereas, if you're talking about a mainstream religion that people grow up in, that has uh, has billions of adherents, and then has a radical core that is really trying to live by the absolute letter of the law, that's a different situation. So, I mean, it's a it's a different. It's like 
there's super fit, there's there are real similarities between the belief of any given cult and the belief of any given mainstream religion, right? So there's not, it's like, is, was Heaven's Gate really much different from Christianity? Well, no, you add a spaceship and a few other weird, and you know, a bunch of Nikes, and, you know, they're similar. But it takes something different to join a cult than it does to simply get deeper into the religion that half of humanity acknowledges is true, right? So it, it, it's, select, it's a different filter, right? And I guess, so again, it's, these are... In some cases, it's, this is a distinction without a difference. But I would say to you that the problem of jihadism is absolutely a global problem where memes are spreading, they're contagious, they're captivating, they are they pull all the strings of people's value system. And white supremacy is also a, gro- a, glo- a global memes. problem. I don't know how big Manifestos, it is. I don't know how big it is, but it beliefs. is a, it is a fringe phenomenon in the United States. It's not we're not talking about you know, we're not talking about 30 million white supremacists right? and we're not talking about 30 million people who are likely to become white supremacists uh, or certainly not violent, you know, militia joining white supremacists. But it doesn't take a lot of people to create a lot of havoc, and, and and so yeah, I'm I'm genuinely worried. I mean, you know, I get you death threats from a, white supremacists. Would you right? write not, such a book about white supremacists? Yeah, if I thought it were a, a, a grow, growing problem or a bigger problem, I I, I would. I mean, it, 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 you know, the truth is, all of these problems are. You know, I, I only reluctantly comment on Islam now, or even on the conflict between religion and science now, because. I basically said everything I think for years. It's like it's, it's intellectually uninteresting to to keep going over this ground, uh, though it's socially consequential. Uh, but there's not this is not rocket science. This is mm-hmm. you know people believe what they say they believe much of the time, and we should take them at their word. You know, it's not that there aren't ever other factors involved, but it's just what we what we have is a, a pathology of over interpretation here because we don't like the answer we're getting. When you ask members of ISIS, well, you know, why are you doing this? And they say, well, it's, it's our religion. It's right here. I can point to the, the passage in the mm-hmm. Quran that assures me that it's okay for me to, you know, cut the head off of uh, an infidel, say, or take a Yazidi sex slave. Uh, liberals, by and large, don't like that answer, right? So it's, it can't be that. It's got to be economics. It's got to be, you know, the our policy with Israel, right? It's got to be Western oppression. We're going to take another break now. We'll be back after this with Sam Harris, the host of the Making Sense podcast and more. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are in your neighborhood, ready to help personalize your insurance. And you can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. Visit statefarm.com today to get a great rate without sacrificing great service. That's statefarm.com. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I want to get to the tech stuff in a second. Um, What do you imagine you're doing wrong? Because you you just engage to... engaging these issues in the first place. No, I think you're well. Well, what what have I done wrong in this conversation? No, what do you? No, nothing. I'm just. I, I this is what I, I do. Uh, I get it. I mean, this. If I had this, to say this is the petri dish. So so you. So, if I had to yeah, say yeah. heartlessness, it feels heartless. It feels it does it oh. does. And on emotional topics that you sh- you know better. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So no, let's, let's flip that around. All right. Because it's not heartless. My compassion is for the people who are who, whose lives are being destroyed needlessly by these doctrines and the behaviors of extremists. So the, the first thing 
that I point out generally when I talk about jihadism is that there's nobody suffering from this behavior more than other Muslims, right? And when I talk about the problem of the hijab and the treatment of women under Islam, I'm talking about the plight of Muslim women, right? Like, I, like I'm, I'm in touch with how obscenely unethical it would be for me to say, you know, I, you know, I, I think cultures everywhere are pretty much the same, and I, you know, I want to broaden my daughter's horizon. So I'm going to send her to Afghanistan for the next few years to live mm-hmm. in a burqa, right, and not learn anything of substance about terrestrial reality, because you know, multiculturalism culturalism is great, right? That's synonymous with me being a bad father, right? Now, if that's true, there's something wrong with the culture of the Taliban, right? Mm -hmm. This is not heartless. I think girls in Afghanistan, I think it's perverse that my daughters are so much luckier by pure accident than girls living in Afghanistan, right? If you're born a girl in Afghanistan, you're unlucky, right? Terribly unlucky. And so it's not, and I'm in touch with that suffering, right? And that ethical disparity, which is impossible to justify. Mm. Now, there's a larger question about what, if anything, could well-intentioned people do about that problem? And it seems like not much, frankly. I mean, going invading doesn't work very well, mm-hmm. you know, but it's uh, I mean, it's just the other side of the, the, the ledger that, that you're perhaps not paying attention to. I'm, oh, I'm, I, I, I'm acutely <laughs> aware of how much needless suffering is mm-hmm. being produced by bad ideas. I mean, th- th- this is the situation I think we're in, which, which I think many people get wrong. It's not that the world is full of bad people, right? The, 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 I mean, there are bad people and they're doing bad things, but for the most part, it's good people or you know, psychologically normal people, people just like ourselves, who think they're doing good things, but they're ruled by some very bad ideas. And uh, so clearing up our thinking on important topics, I think, is the, is the most, you know, ultimately the most compassionate thing we could do if if we could only do it. Do you it. take into account the sort of current situation, the emotionality around Trump and things he says? How do you look oh, at those, thi- well, those I, things? Well, I, I, sh- I share the in the connections. frenzy. I mean, I, you know, so... The frenzy? You know, I, it's not frenzy. It's, well, no, it's, I, but I, I mean, I've whoa. been accused of having the, the worst case of Trump derangement syndrome that anyone's ever seen. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I tend to, you know, let go of of uh, distracting negative emotions as as quickly as I can because what I just, is I think his impact then? Not as a well, religious figure, well, as, th- a, so as a political figure. Well, I think Trump. I mean, the, his worst effect on our society and our, on our politics has not been, to my eye, at the, at the level of policy or anything mm-hmm. he's really done. It's it's the the absolute obliteration of any. Uh, expectation of truth and honesty and uh, fact-based discussion about, I mean, he, I mean this, is, this is his method, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that there are people who will not admit that there's something dangerous uh, uh, or even uh, objectionable about having a president who lies with every next sentence about, and even need, pointless lies, I mean, lies that don't even serve his purpose, right? Um, I think that is so toxic um, and so divisive just just in principle. It's just not like just having people who will defend him uh, in the face. Uh, like, like, I mean, my, what's been sanity straining for me about his presidency is that it's just to continually meet people, you know, mostly online, but, you know, occasionally face-to-face who pretend or in fact don't see anything 
wrong with him, right? Anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, the, it, what is wrong with him is so obvious, Richard, as a person. I mean, forget about it. I mean, for, yes. He, he, you could love all of his policies. or Narcissistic or, personality. Or at least the policies that, like yeah. And that is so maddening that, you know, that's been, you know, it's it's, it's just extraordinarily divisive. So, I mean, sort of the, frag, the, the fragmentation of our society, the fact that we can't seem to talk about anything politically uh, in a civil way or make any progress across the aisle, it's because largely not, it's not, it's not based on traditional differences between Democrats and Republicans around mm-hmm. issues like immigration or tax policy or whatever it is. It's based on on what is uh, on the emergence of a kind of personality cult, where this guy can do no wrong, and yet virtually everything about him is wrong. You know, ethically, you know. religion in a way or not? Yeah, no. It has a, it, what's maddening to me about it. Is ha- it has many of the, but it's not actually religious. It's not that it's not that religious people are, but it has all the everything that's wrong with religion, the unreasoned quality of it. The dogmatic quality of it, the fact that it's 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 not self-reflective at all, yeah, it's it's maddening. So let's talk. Let's finish up talking a little bit about tech because sure. one of the things that I do know about, <laughs> this is something I do know about. I'm not yeah. going to argue Islam with you right now. I did study uh-huh. it quite a bit at Foreign Service School at Georgetown. I have more uh-huh. than most people nice. uh, information. But let's talk about. Are tech. you a spy? And, Can I ask you? Are you are you in the CIA? Yes, I am. Okay, uh, you finally right. outed me. Thank okay, you. Um, that would be the best cover of all time. It would be a good cover. Wouldn't it be a good yeah, cover? But- I, I wanted to be I, in I the caught CIA. You. I wanted to be in the CIA, Sam. I could not be. No, really? They, the they wouldn't have you? No, it was harder when we were gay. It was, I'm sorry to tell you. Oh, because people, it, you could be blackmailed or something? Or they it was ridiculous because yeah. I was out. The whole thing was yeah. like, a, I was in a, a Franz Kafka novel. It was, I'm out. Well, you could be blackmailed, but I'm out. Like It went on, on like that. Right. What if you went to Saudi Arabia? I'm like, I don't speak Arabic. Well, what if you did? I'm like, but I don't speak. It, those are the discussions that went on. Huh. It okay. was exhausting. Well, their loss. Identity politics, yeah. but it did have an impact on my life. So. Yeah. Um, and that's probably something you might keep in mind. That's what happens to people when things... I, I don't... Uh, yeah. But there's nothing... Uh, it's not even implicit in what I'm saying that I mm-hmm. doubt that. Of course, that, that that's that's a common human experience. I think one of the experience. issues people do have is that who gets to say enough is enough. That's, you know, okay. who gets to well, decide. Here, so at a certain point, it, we, 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 at least we have to, to agree... Uh, about what the goal is, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to divert you from your from your tech conversation, but it's just, I mean, to take anti-Semitism. So I'm mm-hmm. Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. Is anti-Semitism a problem? Well, yeah, it's a problem. But how big a problem is it? Well, in the States, you know, even in the immediate aftermath of a synagogue shooting, it's not that big a problem, right? It's not, it's 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 something that I'm, I'm watching. I It has very deep roots. I'm mm-hmm. concerned about it. But if you're just if you're going to use a metric like how many people die every year in the U.S. based on anti-Semitic hate crime, it's a small number. You know, texting and driving is a much bigger problem, right? So, um, uh, so any but any Muslim who's going to say we have this epidemic of hate crime in in the U.S. against Muslims and Islamophobia is a big problem has to deal with the fact that for every year that they've been worrying about that, anti-Semitic hate crime has been five times worse in mm-hmm. the U.S. than anti-Muslim hate mm-hmm. crime, right? There's the one uh, that's going to get taken out of context. Okay, just so, so you know. yeah, and so neither... FYI. Right, okay, yeah, but so, but neither are especially big problems, right? All right. So let's, let's just, let's just have some sense of proportion, mm-hmm. right? And again, I'm not, and to, to not confuse everyone now, this is, gets convoluted, but I'm not saying that body count is the only metric. I think that it's rational to worry about comparatively small problems. Is the, 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 the retort to worrying about something like, 
you know, police shootings of, of uh, uh, innocent people is not to say, well, there's so many more people who die when they take Advil right. every year, right? So right. It's, it's just not, it's not no, there's the, the the inappropriate ideas matter. Retort. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. Let's get to, te- to tech. Please. Um, how do you look at the current situation with tech people? And well, the tech, the right. tech lash. I well, guess. Ha- well, having just advocated that Jack Dorsey delete Twitter yes, on Twitter. Yes, you did that. Yeah. What um, was that? Tell me. Explain that. Well, on one level, it was a joke because obviously I, I know he can't do that. That's he's, not true. It's a, it's but a go pu- ahead. Well, he, he, <laughs> I suppose well, yeah. he could. Well, no, but it's a publicly traded company. I mean, like who yeah, who, who, who sues him if he deletes? I don't know, it? Yeah. but he could do it. Um, it could happen. But I actually so the, so the full tweet was you know you know I think uh, I don't remember the the actual. I don't I don't remember it verbatim, but it was, it was something like you know if Jack, uh, I think Jack should d- delete Twitter and leave a final tweet which reads, "Sorry guys, this didn't Cut. work out. Um, now go and enjoy now go enjoy your lives." I think I said Jack, I think you'd win the Nobel Peace Prize mm-hmm. and you would deserve it, right? right? I actually think that's true. I think I think that it, I, I think that this is you know in in part I'm. You know, I've uh, deranged somewhat by my, by my experience on Twitter, but well, I, you get in more Twitter fights than anyone I've ever seen. Well, I get a lot, I get a lot of pain. Yeah, but on you Twitter. keep yeah. going, you keep at it. Come very little, but li- very very little now. I mean, I no, I'm, I know, but yeah, you're, it yeah, seems but, yes. to attract you. Yes, but it, but there again, there there are people with big platforms who act in a way that is just absolutely unconscionable. You know, that Do you where, need to respond. I think conversation is all we have, right? So yes, but not on Twitter. Well, again, so yeah, I'm I don't naive. Get into many fights I, in Twitter. I, I, may, I may be naive with respect that? to. I don't get into too many. Uh, I just don't. Well, no, well, actually, I, 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 ju- I jumped to your defense on Twitter right. even after you and I had yeah. had a fight by, right. by email. Um, no, that was your fight. No, that was no, it We're was not your fight. Go into it. Yeah, no, I I reached out. <laughs> no, no, let's, let's do a postmortem on this. I just said no, I'm not going to have on the. I just was like, I just, I don't want to talk about it. This is this is actually this is actually relevant because this is what social media is doing to us. So. You and I have met only once before this podcast. At a podcast, dinner at Mark right? Pincus's we, house. Uh, did, oh, no. Jason Calcanis. Jason Calcanis, yeah, yeah. right. Of course, so, it's him. So, so we, you know, we were seated, seated next to each other at a dinner party. Yeah. I had nothing but a, in my mind, a, a lovely, lovely conversation party. with you. Yeah. Came I didn't away agree thinking, with everything you were saying. Sure, but yeah. you you either kept that to yourself or it was fine, right? But I don't I remember I anything. Yeah, I don't remember any bad vibes in our conversation. So whatever the case was, I left thinking, okay, that, that's a great person. Happy mm-hmm. to happy to hang with her. And then I see on Twitter someone you you uh, praise a profile on Yuval Noah Harari uh, yeah. in the New York Times. Yeah. And then someone I see, and I you know I I guess I was following you, or I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how I saw this, but then I saw someone recommend, oh, you should listen to the, the uh, Sam Harris just did, did mm-hmm. a podcast with Yuval, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we did an event at, at the in so San Francisco about, yeah. at, at the Masonic. Uh, you should listen to that. And you said Sam Harris, no thanks, right, or something like some something yeah, contemptuous about you see, me. You didn't. That was not what I meant. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to listen to another one. I want to listen to your version of it. No, no, no. But it what, what I what, I, what I, I you had a whole package no, that went along with it that was just not so. What what package? Well, that that I that I was like, oh, not him. I I, I would say that about. I don't want to listen well, to twenty or well, thirty different podcasters about. No, so. no, no, no. It was something it was disparaging about. It, the onus was, was not, on me. The onus was on me. Disparaging. You thought it was disparaging. Well, no, but then I sent you an email. Most of it is like, I don't care. But then I sent you an email and I said, what's up here? Uh, like, like yeah. I, we've, I've only met you once. Right, I thought you I were am. great. I was astonished and, and, that you went so deep into my retweets, but go ahead. What, what, no, no, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that. It just yeah. it was in my face. It was yeah. like, I, either it was in my at mentions because I had been tagged right, or whatever. It was I was so I, thoughtless I, on I, my part. I wasn't going deep yes. into your retweets. 
But anyway, so I, 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 I just as a sanity check, I wrote. Mm-hmm. I said, "Listen, we've only met once. Right. Everything was great. Uh, I think you're great. I think I, I just retweeted mm-hmm. your your podcast with Elon. I thought right. that was great. That was a great um, podcast. That uh, deserved a retweet. Right, okay, so." And then, but now you're you're throwing shade on Twitter. So what's going so on? It wasn't shade. I'm well, just telling you. But but then your email to I me said was. I said I don't like some. No no wait wait wait. Tell me your podcast. I listened to one. I didn't like it. Do, do, I don't do you remember. want? Do you want? I mean, we'll, I, I, we'll I can. I can. You know what? We'll I can. I can publish it. your email. Let's All right. Publish them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, okay. I, Let's it's, publish. It's, it's them. not. It's not good. I'm good. I regret it. It's boring. It's not good for us. No, only because you thought I was mad at you because of Ezra. I'm like, why would I defend Ezra? Absolute contempt in your email to me. Like clearly, what we don't. Sometimes I don't like your stuff. You may not like my stuff. Who cares? What do you? I don't even know what stu- stuff you I were referring remember. to. I, I don't even see the thing yeah. is, here's the thing. Most of my stuff is I don't care. And you're offended. You no, see what no, I mean? No, no. The, the, again. Uh, don't take t- my not caring for turn, being. Turn, turn dis- the a- empathy dial shade. a little bit higher here. I'm not. Okay. I'm heartless. Sam. I'm, I already know I'm heartless. The, the, the idea that what gave one, I mean, it's just it's. I think it's impossible to read your your comment on Twitter any other way as yeah. as being a, as a as a jab it's at me. Four but, words. But I couldn't be sure that you had any idea what my actual positions are. I mean, maybe you just oh, maybe no, maybe read just read all my no, negative no, press. No, I did not. You know, of course, right, I read your book right. before that dinner okay. party. But okay, but my my assumption was that you because you're at Vox now, right? And I didn't even know you oh were at God. Vox. Yeah. yeah. I, and I just had this this complete flame out with, with Ezra. Which I, I thought, had no idea about. Okay, so yeah, so but it was natural for me to assume, of okay, is there, is there something about yes. that that no. made you think that, no. right? No. Okay, so anyway, so the people walked away from that I have no responsibility for Peter Kofke either. I don't know what crazy stuff he says on the internet. I, I, I don't, I, even I don't know pay attention. Okay. He works for me. He I don't says know who that is. things on the internet. Okay, so people walked away from that convinced that I was a racist, right? Like, yeah, yeah, with Ezra. With, with, with my oh, collision oh, with Ezra Charles Bell, yeah. Charles, Charles Murray. Yeah, yeah Charles Murray, right. sorry. The so, Bell Curve. Sorry. So the so that so I thought maybe that had gotten into your head and and I wanted to sort it out because Not I thought you were, thought Charles you were a good Murray, person. But okay. Okay. Well that's understandable. But the well we won't Let's go down that rabbit hole. Publish it. What the hell? I feel I look good but, in that movie. But clearly you you had some file on me that I the shape of which I didn't understand, I, you know, so I, I reached out to here's you. Here's the issue I have with a, a, a bunch of people like you. I'll say that are very in the similar thing. Is are, the, is are you there say, really a bunch of people? Say, like you? Yeah, there are. Um, there what? a lot of people. Are there are a bunch of people right. like you. Yes, of course. Really? Well, yeah. unique, I think. When I say controversial things, I'll let your things, fans decide whether yeah. there are a bunch of people like you. <laughs> when I say controversial things, I know I'm saying it, and I take the the, the guff I get I, from it. Some, some. Yeah, you you're going on a bigger, heavier. What kind topic. of guff do you get? Do you get the guff which is no? You're the going on Islam. You're going on Islam, and I'm going on Jack context? Dorsey's a pain in the ass. It's okay. a very different. So you level. don't. You, so you don't get my kind I, of. You'd be pushback. surprised some of the stuff I get. But it, when I get to talking about women, when I get to talking about uh, people of color. And diversity and so Yes, I get. I don't get your level of guff by no means. By no means. But um, so, I don't use the word guff. You, by the way, but, I just I want to retract right, my that. use of the, okay, of the no word. Guff. I don't want the kind threats, of guff you some, get when you use the word right, guff. And right, no guff. Uh, you get death guff. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you. It's like it's a it's a class of people who say controversial things. Sometimes write stupid I'm things. I'm not a not provocateur. You. I'm not I, I Milo Yiannopoulos you know who's just trying to get a rise out of people. I call them hot. I'm not putting you in this group, but there's a lot of people on the internet that are on on both sides that are so quickly offended when they're saying controversial things. And to me, if you're saying controversial things, suck it up, Sally. I'm not offended. Do you know what I mean? I, I get I, it. I'm never offended. Right. If you think... if You've walked out if, on a very, very, very dangerous ledge. If some if someone is honestly engaging with my views, like they, they actually understand my view mm-hmm. 
and then they're going to take as hard a swing at me as, as humanly possible, that's great, right? It's the malicious distor- or, the, or the lazy distortion of my view, mm-hmm. the straw manning of it, or worse, just the complete inversion of it that drives me nuts, right? And that's, that's okay. my— it may drive you nuts, know. but how shocking. What an amazing thing on well, an well, issue that is so emotional and so controversial. Well, it is shocking to me because I don't even do really? it to Trump. Right. I think, you know, Trump, I would do I would do almost anything to get him out of office except actually lie to my audience. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm not going to pretend that he said something that he didn't say or that he said something in context that meant X when it really meant Y. Right. And I think, you know, I I think he's as despicable a person as I could. I I could never have imagined Mm -hmm. that we would elect such a despicable person into this office. Right. So. It just that the ends don't justify the means, right? I just think you should expect exactly what I you're getting. I shouldn't expect it from Ezra Klein. I shouldn't expect it from uh, real was... journalists uh, and or people who purport to be real journalists. Mm-hmm. We have to maintain some level. But we can't all become Trump. No, but you have to also m- realize that when you're in the arena, people are going to take cheap shots. People sure, are going to do things. Sure. And, and, and by and the I'm way, re- y'all I'm... like being in the arena and y'all like being loud. But it's just, I, I just, it's well, sort well, of the, like, the, it's I, not I, about. Yeah, I want to come back to that point. Say, it's not about you. And it's not about a lot of what I consider these hot takes. It's not about them. I want them to, st- like, if they, do, if they don't want to be involved in controversial things, stop writing stupid things. Stop writing controversial yeah. things. Get the hell out of the arena. Yeah, what, what, I don't write controversial things for the sake of controversy. But, and. Perhaps and I, and not, I, and but I don't you knowingly write aware. stupid you things. You must be aware well, no, of that. All of these topics are controversial for mm-hmm. a reason. They matter, right? But uh, I want to come back to this point of, you know, people like me, mm-hmm. the, the many people who are just like me, uh, complain endlessly about being silenced, and yet we've got these big megaphones mm-hmm. and we, we're, we're everywhere. Well, first of all— You also take rather dramatic photos of yourselves. Well, no, no. <laughs> that one in the Guardian. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> that was that was the New York Times that took that photo. I mean, that, oh, they they, need, they demanded a photo shoot for that intellectual oh, dark web. Whatever. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. But one, you know what it's yeah, like. But to why submit you can to take it? I refuse. Yeah, this is what I do when I take pictures. Well, so Cross maybe, my arms. That's it. Okay. I won't well, do I, any fancy. I, there nothing. were there were four hundred pictures t- taken, and I didn't get to choose the one that they used. Right? They they said go stand in that bush over there, and they took they took my photo. Celebrity. What am I going to say? No. So, the reality is, is that honestly, this is my honest. You know, counterfactual that the only reason why I haven't been effectively silenced mm-hmm. is because I have a totally unconventional job that I have created for my and platform mm-hmm. that I've created mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. I, I'm unfireable. Me you too. know, like yeah. Megan Kelly can get fired. Mm-hmm. Right? Megan Kelly thinks out loud about you know why can't we all dra- dress in blackface? What was wrong with blackface on Halloween? When I was a kid, I could go in mm-hmm. blackface. If you want to look like that, Diana Ross, how do you how do you do that costume without blackface? Doesn't matter that she's got a twenty million dollar salary. You know, she She's done, right? Well, there was a lot. There was more. Com- maybe let's maybe be, there were more, more reason, but no. But that you you can be canceled. Yes. At a very high level in media yeah, for one NBC. stupid thing, right? That's, a, that's up to NBC. Okay. That's up now, to whoever. Blank, blank, blank. It happens all the time. Honestly, I think had I had a a quote real job, if I were a professor at a university, or if I were a journalist that had a boss, I could have been fired over what Ezra Klein published in mm-hmm. in your website about me. My website, uh, it's his website, or his website, Vox, mm-hmm. Vox mm-hmm. Media, right? Absolutely, and that, and there, are, there are people who are getting fired or canceled or otherwise deplatformed all the time for that sort of treatment. But how interesting that the debate is all about that and not the actual issues. Like, I, I'm just saying, 
No, it, the, it, the debate is, is, is about right, the issues, too. Let's get into too. tech, then. So okay. a lot of people are around the idea of free speech. But, but I, just, I just I want to close right. the loop on that. Right. So the, the people who are the, – the silencing is, is pervasive because mm-hmm. there are people who just will not touch these topics for fear of being fired. I mean, these are tenured professors at mm-hmm. Ivy League institutions who will write me an email saying, everything you said on that podcast is true – you can't use it. You can't use my name publicly, but you're just, you know, just keep going, right? Because you know there. I do lot... not think we lack for opinions. No, Sam, it's it's just there. There are third rails now everywhere in our conversation. They can get people destroyed. There's so right? many more rails. There, people there are talk Nobel about laureates now. who are getting deplatformed mm-hmm. over, you know, an apparently sexist comment or what could be spun oh, as a sexist comment. Some of them no, are grabby. Some of them No, that, that's a different problem. Totally right. different problem. I'm talking about like you know. Uh, here, I think I'm talking about Tim Hunt, who, who uh, got you know more or less canceled for saying something you know clueless and old about like you know you know women in the lab. But he's not not huh? not about that Stephen was... Moore at the Fed. I didn't follow the details of his case. Women but... shouldn't earn as much as men. Blah 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 blah. Right. Okay. He's getting deplatformed. Yeah. Okay. So there, yeah, there are people. But I don't think what, he is. What's I think amazing, he deserves not to have that job. What, what's amazing that we, what, what, this, we have a president who mm-hmm. does all of those things yeah, in we, triplicate. He's, he's a, it doesn't and, matter. And, there's, and we now have a culture that's so divided on these issues that, I mean, this, this is one of the pro- consequences of having a, the left having its outrage meter so poorly calibrated, right? If we're going to, uh, you know, defenestrate Al Franken immediately, right, without without much of a conversation about what, in fact, may even be true in his case. And, and I don't honestly know what I even think is true in his case. But the fact that that happened so swiftly and with in, in such... So we're also in the middle of a right? movement. There was all kinds of yeah, things going and, on and that. Yeah, it was the Roy Moore election, uh, right? Everything was but, happening at but the time. The, this but always occurs. The, the left, but the left eats its own in a way that the right never does. No, because and, they, and, they walk in lockstep. Yeah, and so there's that, this, a, no this, a, this asymmetry here is... is yeah, but that's just because of this happened group of people. They're not any better. They just have no shame and they will no, just yeah, go yeah, along with right. things. So but, but, let, let's get to text. So we have to finish up. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Finish well, your well, just, just The final thought there is that the, again, it, it, it has to do with the calibration. If, you, if you're making obvious moral errors on uh, the left, the right is never forced to deal with the colossal error of Trumpism, right? Yeah. So like, for instance, I mean, it's, uh, it's unrelated case, but this will make the point. If we can find cases where climate scientists are fudging their data, right, mm-hmm. and exaggerating the problem, where, where science is becoming politicized, right, that is incredibly destructive to mm-hmm. the, the, the urgent need mm-hmm. to converge on what to do about climate, mm-hmm. right? So the, the people doing that work have to be absolutely scrupulous, to be honest, right? So that's a—and th- this is asymmetrical warfare. It's, it's just because the climate deniers don't have to be scrupulous. They no. can lie and, and, no. and no. distort and— They're shameless because yeah, they have no right. shame. So we can't, we can't relax our standards of, of truth in order to win a war of ideas because it will be used against us every time. Yes, and, but you can't—you do understand why it happens, correct? Yes, I do. People are people, and they're—you know, yeah, they've got— Well, when things yeah. work, when lies work, it's hard not yeah, to— Yeah, it's just—it's uh, short of killing people. I think there's just, there's nothing of greater consequence ethically to get your head straight about than, than lying, right? Like, lying is almost always— uh, counterproductive to anything you want to accomplish. Absolutely. So let's talk, let's talk about that online. Let's finish this talk, talking about tech because I did want to get to talking about mm-hmm. tech. How do you look at the current tech companies? 
Well, I think given this issue around free speech, what they should regulate, what they shouldn't regulate, what they should be responsible for, what regulators should be responsible for. Well, I think they have a problem that I'm not sure can be solved. Right. So, like, the, so it's, it's very easy to see how they they would want to say, "Listen, we're not publishers; we're platforms." Right. right? And so, anything and they have immunity, yeah, and there's no way for us to keep track of what's on our platform. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the AI can't do it. If we if we turn up the the the, the filter on uh, white supremacy, we're going to catch too many ordinary Republicans, mm-hmm. and you know, we're even going to catch certain congressmen, mm-hmm. right? And we might even catch the president. And so that doesn't work. Right? Definitely so, catch one. But yeah. go ahead. So it, it may be an insuperable problem to actually clean up the uh, the platforms as a publisher would when the publisher's thinking, Not why this. would I want to publish white supremacist, right. you know, right. dogmatism? You know, the Unabomber forced us to publish his thing because he was going to kill people. But mm-hmm. in, in general, we, don't, we have a policy that we, we don't publish hateful lunatics. That's understandable. And yet I think that the... the the saner or more more practical fallback position might be the constitutional one, at least in the U.S., which is we're going to draw the line of free speech and and the well, that's and free violence. speech in the public right. square. That's free yeah. speech when it comes to government. It doesn't. It does yeah. not touch private entities at all. You don't right. have free yeah. speech no, no, on Twitter. I, that, you don't. That's, you just don't. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. saying. I'm saying that they may they they can't if they wanted to to behave like publishers like the New York Times, right? Mm-hmm. They can't actually effectively do it, and they're going to wind up banning good people. I mean, there's a woman who got banned permanently from yeah. Twitter for saying, for tweeting, "Men are not women," right? Okay. In the context right. of a, tra- it was insensitive yeah, to trans gonna, people. It's, right? a, it's a bludgeon. Right? They, okay. they bludgeon. So it's, it's just way too cor- coarse grained to filter, mm-hmm. and then that becomes its own theater of conspiracy thinking right. and and political activism. So I think the fallback, uh, my sense is the fallback is that. They have to draw a bright line between speech and action in the world. So if you're doxing somebody or you're calling for violence against people, well, then that then there are laws against that or there should be laws against that. I don't know what the doxing laws actually are, but there should be very strong laws against things like doxing. Mm-hmm. And they, and then they should, as platforms, they should take refuge in drawing the line there. And that's a much – I think that's a much easier problem to solve. I don't know – and then, then I think we should ha- have to – create new norms or, or, you know, just as users around it. So I think anonymity, for instance, I understand the need for it for, you know, whistleblowers and, and you know, other, other, yeah, other countries. But generally, I think anonymity is a toxic variable. I think it just mm-hmm. brings out the worst in people. So I think people should have to own, you know, Do you their, think their the opinions. tech leaders are capable of fixing this? I do not. Yeah, no, I worry that, I worry that they're not. I mean, I, I think that it's a cesspool. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of good things that come from, or that are in the cesspool. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm still I still use Twitter because I, I'm attached to mm-hmm. following smart people who are mm-hmm. essentially curating my news diet. I mean, I just there's a mm-hmm. there, but no, there's uh, I like it. Yeah, there, there's yeah. good there's good stuff yeah. that you get from it. But I, I do feel, just speaking personally, that if I'm, I mean, the way for me to use it is probably just to never look at what's coming back on me. I look at mm-hmm. what I follow and just to never look at my at mentions, and then I'll be fine. Um, so that's not obviously the way it's built. I mean, it's, it's meant to be a conversation, but I could use it as a one-way publishing channel and a kind of curation of, mm-hmm. of my newsfeed. And, and uh, you know, that may be, in fact, what I do, but uh, it's what I mostly but do now anyway. What should these companies do? What should be done to them, if anything? Well, I, I think the, the – well, trading in our data is a, just a general phenomenon on the Internet mm-hmm. is, you know, I, I just had um, – 
Roger McNamee on my yeah, on, on my podcast, and and you know Tristan Harris is is also somebody uh, so addiction who, yeah, and yeah, so the like, two I, different like I follow those their line there, which is and I, I, yeah, I think the and I had you know Jaron Lanier on as well, so we, I, I, I've hit this uh, from that side a few times. I think the incentives, the business model. Uh, is wrong trading people, selling people's data. You know the fact that we, in fact, are the product, and um, you know that this all, all of this is built on advertising uh, and the gaming of attention, and um, and that you know that selects for outrage in other states that are that are uh, stickier than than just you know b- 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 psychological states that we would actually want to encourage. Um, I think all of that needs to be rethought. I think, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if they were paid platforms. You know, if they mm-hmm. were like Netflix and you had to pay to be on them, and then they'd have to d- deliver real value, and they'd have to be worried about the quality of the conversation. What about the idea that people are silenced then, says someone who worries about being silenced? Well, I, no, I, I don't honestly worry about being silenced, but people like me, they're, again, I, I've taken great pains mm-hmm. to, like, I have no sponsors, right? Mm-hmm. I just have, I'm just, you know, listener-supported on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the reasons for that is I don't want the the bad incentive of worrying about what I say that you know, some sponsor might care about, right? So it's you like can't I, take their money and ignore them, just so you know. Yeah, but no, but like I, I just don't. I want to be able to, to. I just don't want. I don't want that in my head. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I mean, and again, this could be idiosyncratic, but like I once started a foundation, and um, you know, with great enthusiasm, I thought, yeah, this. Would be a, Good causes I want to raise money for, and then, but then I, you know, within 15 minutes of starting a foundation, I realized, wait a minute, I don't want to have to care about how rich people are, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a room with Jeff Bezos and have part of my brain thinking, well, don't say that thing you really think about what he just said because maybe he he could be of use to your foundation in the future. I just realized I was allergic to the whole thing around fundraising, mm-hmm. right? So I just, you know, I, Here's I took a tip. it private. You can be right? mean to them and they still come back. Okay, well, good. Yeah. But I just didn't. I didn't want to care about mm. you know right. disparities in wealth of that sort, right. right? So, so again, the master variable for me is honesty, and any any incentive structure that I f- create or get entangled in that seems to be working at cross purposes with that, I want to figure out how to to get out of right mm-hmm. if I can. And I so I've done that to a to a remarkable degree in my personal life with the podcast and with the podcast and with you know everything mm-hmm. else I'm doing, and it's great. I mean, so it's it's very freeing. But I realize that most people don't have the luxury of, of mm-hmm. being unfireable in that way. Or, or or sure, but do you imagine that you shouldn't be responsible for things you say, even if it's unfair well, that you can't should, say there, things? There there are people, but. It's that people are being being deplatformed, and the, and their heads are being called for for saying things like, I mean, did you hear the the, the guy? I don't know this guy's name. The case isn't that famous, but he was in an academic conference, and um, you know, there was a got into an elevator, a full ele- elevator, and so, and someone asked, you know, what floor he wanted, and he said, uh, women's lingerie, please, and you know, that's like a old you know Dean Stupid Martin joke, joke right? Yeah. I mean, that's a hacky you know, old vaudeville joke, right? Someone on the elevator was sufficiently offended by that, you know, mm-hmm. his, his invocation of sexual mm-hmm. gender tropes or whatever it was. And, you know, he's fighting for his job. I don't know mm-hmm. how it finally played out, but there was, a, you know, academic complaints against Seems him. He's a, he's a professor, right? Same time, yeah. people have had it. So a lot of people okay, have been. It's, put, it's I know, the but wrong place to is, fight but this battle. That, is, it, that it comes yeah. as any surprise to you is a surprise to it's, me. It, well, it's just so petty and trivial, and it's, well, it's, it's not targeting the real problem. You know, except let's, let's look, talk about the real problem. Whatever the real problem course, is in that area, but let's deal with the decades, real problem. For decades, most people couldn't talk about the real problem. You know, the, I think the I think the issue, look, just from my perspective, is that the minute that 
people raise things that have been going on for decades. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now forgive us and move on. Maybe you don't want to forgive and move on. Maybe you want it to change. Maybe you're angry about this. Maybe there's all kinds of human emotions. Okay, in this. but when you're calling for someone to be fired, you're calling for, in this case, the very likely a you know, you just think of the rest of the family. I mean, this person, this man, yep. has very likely has a wife and has kids, right? And you're talking about, you're, you're hoping for his unemployment, right? No. Well, yeah, you're, people are calling I'm, for people to be fired. Sure, right? some people. There's a very common phenomenon now. And some people are getting fired. And some people are becoming unhirable elsewhere based on the reason why they were fired. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about people who are groping people. I mean, that's a legitimate right. problem. We're talking about the bad the bad dad joke right mm-hmm. or the um the, the statement that uh, uh biden is at the top of the democratic ticket uncle well, you, creepy well yeah well you can uh, whatever again whatever. I, I don't know the i don't know the real details of his okay. case but yeah. people are picking the wrong targets right like if you're not mm-hmm. going to distinguish harvey weinstein from someone else uh, the far on that guy. continuum, the lingerie guy, or, you know, Louis C.K., right? I mean, Harvey Weinstein and Louis C.K. are, you know, both had problems, right? But they're very different problems, right? Louis no, C.K. did some yeah, no, you know, shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gross, but it's not like, unless there's something I don't know about, it's not that... He so, masturbated in front of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, the, but, <laughs> but he, 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 he had, one, he asked permission, right? Uh, the difference is... Not clear. The, 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 anyway, the, the question saying. is, where, where, I mean, yes, where do you draw the line? There, there's a very bright line when you're talking about someone being made to feel physically unsafe and mm-hmm. like they can't leave the room. Like you're standing between them and the door, mm-hmm. right? That's, you know, all my alarms go off. I mean, that's, that's a super bright line. Like here we're talking about rape or the threat of rape, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which are the stories around Weinstein. You know, so if any of that's true, this is a guy who should be, be in prison with scary people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's not, if from, I've, I've heard nothing about Louis C.K. that suggests he should be in prison. The ability to finally talk about it creates this, and that is going to go away, and people will get into a, a more reasonable spot, but not yet. Well, okay, so... On every one of these topics. So I don't think we need a pendulum swing past... Because that never ep- happens with human beings. What are you talking about? Of course you do. No, I, I know descriptively this yeah. happens, but yeah, so do, you know, you know massacres. Like and, the and, robot? And, and, like, you don't even understand. No, but... People. No, but I, I understand how bad this can all go. I, mm-hmm. I understand how we can lose a decade to just to a moral panic, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to pendulum swing past the ethical sweet spot and get to some crazy overreaction from which we have to pendulum swing back into, and, and this is what I worry about in the near term, this is going to get us Trump again for four more years. I mm-hmm. think I think if you give me— Is that a, your prediction? I think, it's, I think it's more likely than not at mm-hmm. this point, certainly. Uh, I mean, if the left— Promote some candidate who's just way too woke, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's all about the wokeness. I, I'd bet. You know, give find me a casino where I can place bets on Trump, and I'll do it. They I'll, will not. Yeah, yeah. that right. is my prediction. Okay. Well, so let's hope not. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not to say that all the the, the the suite of concerns that has given us wokeness are are all invalid. They're not at all. But the swing leftward into the kind of stuff we've been talking about. I just want to – again, there's so much wrong with it, but the, the first thing that's wrong with it is is, is ineffective politically when you're talking about so, – So if you're talking Trump. about this, and I, we do have to finish up, yeah. if you're talking about this, to me, the left is much less your problem than the actual game. There's a, there's a famous quote from Jim Barksdale who did Netscape where he said, the important thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Okay, but the main thing is that I am – 
on the left in every tra- tra- traditional relevant respect. I mean, the, I don't know what the left is now, but you know, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of you know, gay rights and, and equality of, mm-hmm. between the sexes and worrying about wealth inequality, you know, higher taxes on the rich. I mean, all, all of that. You know, I check all those boxes, but the my problem is honestly much more on the left than mm-hmm. on the right. Right? I, I say so. There's no one you've ever had on your show mm-hmm. who has said more uncompromising things against organized religion, the Christian. Mm-hmm. I've published a whole book. You know, my, yeah. my, my book, Letter to a Christian Not, Nation, is just a c- total yeah. broadside against Christianity. The most dishonest attacks that I've ever confronted, just the, the top 100 most dishonest attacks on me and the most ill-intentioned ones, the ones that are absolutely trying to wreck me, right? Mm-hmm. Have come from the left, not the right, and I have. And again, if you, if you well, they don't d- care. No, they do care. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I've got all kinds. I mean, theocrats on the right are are all over me mm-hmm. for a different a different set of reasons. But at least they will, you know. If I'm going to talk to a, a a Christian fundamentalist about the 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 zero sum contest between our worldviews, and it really is zero sum. You know, if I'm right, mm-hmm. he or she is wrong about everything they care about, right? So the stakes are high. It is is comparatively rare that they're just going to lie about what my views actually are, mm-hmm. or it just or maliciously distort them and and do that to their audience with a clear conscience. No, they actually kind of get my views right, and then they do their best to figure out what's wrong with them, and and they can. You know, they can think I'm going to hell, and they can think I'm a bad person for for trying to effectively lead leading others there. Uh, and it can be un, it can be unpleasant, but it's not the same kind of unpleasantness when you have somebody with an Ivy League education who mm-hmm. who uh, is pretending to be fact based, and who will lift out of an article where you're worrying about the rise of fascism a sentence that can make you look like you're supporting fascism. Uh, and in context, it's clear that it's that's not the case. But out of context, it looks like you know you know one of the the example I gave you at the top of this podcast. Well, yeah. they need to delete Twitter then. I think yeah. you're right. No, I'm close. I think yeah, we'll I'm end close. on that. Yeah. All, right. All right, Sam. Thank Watch you. Me. See, it was a lot less people are going to say I'm not mean enough to you, but I'm not, we'll see, you could have been meaner. Yeah. What, well, why? Which, what would be the mean? I think I, no, no, I would I, say I, you, I, I enjoyed this, but you I would have enjoyed not, this. Uh, do you want me to yell at you? No, no, I'm, no. I think I thought you were talking about what your your oh, audience would thought, expect. Yeah. Oh, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. See, I don't no, care. This this is the care I thought I knew from a dinner party. Well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, okay. But here's so, the thing: I also find your 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 focus only on Islam problematic. I it's do. not, but I pub, I haven't I, pub, I do. You're you're wait, just going okay, well, well, to have to disagree. So, on no, that. no, no. But it's not one point. I just have to get into the record. Mm-hmm. I've written a whole book attacking Christianity. Yes, we didn't even the, get to the, meditation, the, the one, which, thank God. The one whole book I wrote on Islam, mm-hmm. I wrote with a Muslim reformer. Yes, I who's know. Now, who now is yes. a very close friend. Mm-hmm. Who Some of my what, best friends are Muslim. Part of it. But that, okay. Some of my best friends, some of my best friends are anything. Right, okay. So, so the, the, All the, right. The, the, we got to end on this, right? right this, okay. this, this will be very controversial okay, to good. your audience. Okay. So some of my best friends, so it is, it is a, Apparently, well understood on the left mm-hmm. that the some of my best friends are argument is not only ineffectual, yes, insufficient. Mm-hmm. It brands anyone who would use it as just absolutely clueless about right. the nature absolutely. of the problem. Absolutely, like right? I'm colorblind. Right. Okay, that's total bullshit. It is. Right. Why have we bought this line? If if, if so, let's take racism. Mm-hmm. If you're 
saying that my my views about you know police shootings are mm-hmm. racist, right? And at some point in the conversation, I say in some way say, listen, some of my best friends are black, mm-hmm. right? And you're going to say, oh, well, you're just you, you, that is no alibi mm-hmm. against racism at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. right? No. Let's just think about that for a second. I mean, like, right. what do you mean by best friend, mm-hmm. right? Like, either you don't know what I mean by best friend. Mm-hmm. Or well, that's, uh, like, that's like, an old cliche. Like that's yeah, been but used. it's a dumb cliche, yeah. right? And it is guiding the thinking of, of half of the electorate, right? Mm-hmm. If some of my best friends are black, whatever racism could still be true of me, I mean, mm-hmm. black-white racism could still be true of me at the margins there. Like, you know, maybe I have some associations with black faces that as a white guy I can't totally get, get behind. Whatever may be true, you know, psychophysically there. I'm not the racist you should be worried about. I mean, the someone whose best friends are of another race, someone who's a real, and to take this out of just racism, someone who's a real xenophile, someone who loves other cultures and, you know, mm-hmm. other foods and other music and other architecture. Mm-hmm. And all, like, the, the people who are, ma- are making friends with diverse people are not the people you should be worrying about. Yeah. And it really is a defense. It really is In a valid a way, but argument. But you can be worried about your the people that should... I mean, the, Bill Burr has the great... Bill Burr, the comic, who right. occasionally says things that that can seem racist. I think comics should be able to say anything, yeah. but go ahead. Okay, he gets attacked. He, you know, his wife is black, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, so he's just like, let's listen, if I'm your racist, you've got bigger problems, right? It's like, uh, like, like I've Certainly. chosen to spend the, my, the rest of my it's life with this person. It's not a continuum. It's like, oh, you should really hate the guy in the cloak. More than me. Well, no, you can still no, disagree with There are real racists in this Certainly. world. Yeah, but, but the, they don't have best friends who are of other races. I get it, but I, th- I think the, I think you're very slick in that regard. But I think this people is, can be concerned about people left. close we, we have to you. We have to retire. You, you can be irritated by people close to you, and, and they're still awful over All there. All I can say is I have, mu- I have Muslims and ex-Muslims who I love, who I would take a bullet for. I mean, mm-hmm. people who, I, who I've— Try I, not I, to. I, at great pains to defend publicly mm-hmm. and support privately. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in my criticism of Islam that is animated by bigotry against people who were, you know, whose families came from Pakistan or who have browner skin than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, and that is a some of my best friends are argument. Mm-hmm. And it should be good enough mm-hmm. for most people. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's not that there's not such a thing as systemic racism and there's, other, I mean, there's other problems in this world, mm-hmm. but uh, we just have, I mean, I know we have more to worry about, either, but still, it's don't okay know, to worry about know that what too. Best it's like are, saying or, I shouldn't yeah. feel bad because people are starving in Syria. It's like okay, like it's just you, that's it, a different you can, different case. There's a lot of there's a lot of that, but you, they can still yeah. be irritated by you, Sam, and I think they're going to well, continue to be. They, yes. Are you writing another uh, book about Islam? You no, want to just no, no, wade I'm, right into no, it? I'm not, no, I'm done. I'm okay. done with Islam. No, Any, what's your next book on? Uh, I'm not going to talk about meditation because I'm uninterested. I don't know. No, but the podcast and my my meditation app. Yeah, meditation app. Yeah, okay, good for you. So I have I have I have a book I should be writing, but I'm, I'm not doing it yet. So. All right. Well, on? I don't even know. I just have a, a contract What's, this What late. is the thing that you well, it would was, like to it, write about? It was proposed as a, a kind of a manifesto on intellectual honesty, I mean, on these kinds of issues. Like, why is it so hard to talk about all of these things? You know, oh, God, all, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. So that's why <laughs> I haven't been writing. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, no, but you know, meditation is. Uh, it doesn't interest you, but it's a. I know uh, it does. I just doesn't interest Kara. Have, have you ever taken? Have you ever yes, taken psychedelics? No, I, I did a lovely a podcast with what's his name, the guy who wrote uh, the book about uh, it. Michael Pollan. Pollan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I haven't. Yeah. So you might have to. I've never taken any drugs. Well, okay, so none. I well, smoked pot once. Well, you, well, why not? I don't know. I don't drink. I don't know. All right. Well, so 
for some of us, I mean, the, the hard headed, hard headed people like ourselves, <laughs> psychedelics uh, traditionally, and and in fact, uh, I think this is, may always be true, are the only thing that shows you that there's just there's a there there. I get you know, otherwise, it. I'm, I'm very it's, interested in. It, I think it's really interesting from uh, therapeutic uses. I think it, it right. got. I thought it got criminalized during the Nixon administration. Nixon administration yeah, yeah. That in, was, that in, was incorrectly, yeah. and it created a whole generation of stuff that could really help humanity. And I'm not. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. But not today. All right. So if the, you don't mind. Next podcast, you and, do I, you and I can drop together, MDMA ever. together. Sam, and we're see never how it goes. doing ayahuasca. Yeah. I've been asked I'll, to do ayahuasca by so many internet don't, people. Well, don't start with that one. I'm never going to do ayahuasca with any internet. If you want to do MDMA, no. uh, we'll come on my no, podcast. We'll do it no. together. Just, it'll it'll just, be. I don't know. I don't want to become it'll be, self-actualized. It'll be a different conversation. I like what the way I am. You, you won't lose your edge. I don't. I look, just, look I, no. I've, I've done. I've gotten into all this I trouble know. after doing all Sam, those drugs. Stop pushing drugs on me. Okay. It's not happening. Drug dealer Sam Harris. It's been a lovely time talking to you. <laughs> this has been a very fascinating thing and unusual. I was surprised. Th- thanks anyway, for having me. Anyway, thanks for coming on the show, and thanks to you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My executive producer Eric Anderson is at Eric. America and my producer Eric Johnson is at Hey Hey ESJ. Really, Eric? Okay. Um, if you like this episode, uh, and uh, we'd really appreciate it if you share it with a friend. How can people find you, Sam? You're everywhere. Uh, Honestly, you're org. Samharris.org is, is and, the and hub on of Twitter, everything. it's Sam Harris org. org. There's no dot. Why did you get the but, org? But don't don't follow me on Twitter. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I think I do. I, I don't want to hear from you. Too. All right, and make sure to check out our other podcasts, Recode Media and Pivot. Just search for them in your podcasting app of choice. Thanks also to our editor Joel Robbie. Special thanks to Olivia Lloyd. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Friday. Tune in then. HBO Max brings all of HBO to your fingertips plus an epic list of new Max originals. Whether you're into animation, classic movies, or binge-worthy series, HBO Max's suggested collections are curated by real humans, not robots, so you find the right thing to watch every time. With thousands of options for you and the family to choose from, it's the streaming platform of your dreams. HBO Max, where HBO meets so much more. Start streaming now at hbomax.com. Listener.